The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to The Whistleblowers. Uh, I am Mark Smith and uh, with me is co-host, what do we call it? This is... It's official, Mark. Is it? Yeah. Can we say that out in public now? I think so. We? We've kept it under wraps too long. I know. We? But uh, yeah. I've been upgraded. I've been promoted from um, sort of just regular guests. We can hold hands now. To uh, to co-host. Very much so. And yeah. And in, in a twist of fate, uh, whistleblower regular and ex-host. Yeah, previous seasons of co-host. <laughs> Look at this. Stuart the Wright. Ev- the evolution of presenters. <laughs> I know, it's, it's the trifecta. It's nice to have you on, Stu, again. Nice to be back, thank you. Yeah, no bother, no bother. And this is the first time you two have been on the pod together. Yeah, worlds are colliding. Indeed sure they are. are. You can hear that outside, right? It's not me losing my mind. No. Well, that okay, is, fine. That Martin, that was such the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't actually paying attention. As, as an old couple, we've already <laughs> droned each other out. So carry Gee on, Mark. No, very excited, though. Very excited, Martin, to, to have got this. Uh, I'm going to call it an accolade of, of co-host, and I hope I don't drive it into the floor immediately for you. Uh, but, there's uh, no floor to drive it into, Mark. We're already we're in the gutter looking up. <laughs> we're at level one. We yeah. can't go any lower. Really, are. No minus zero. one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, plenty to get stuck into. Yep. Plenty. Uh, a very busy weekend of football we just had, uh, culminating in Arsenal last night. Um, Stu, did you see the game? I did only saw the highlights of it. Yeah, what would you make of it? Um, they, well, it's nice for them to play a team that we, that we recognise the name of <laughs> and they can call it a win properly. <laughs> but but it is that I think overall it's the uh, the scary idea that that Arsenal are going to be competing in the top four. Yeah, which I think I think at the beginning of the season I should obviously say at this point I'm saying this in the context of a Liverpool fan. You were kind of thinking. Chelsea are going to be hard work this season. Arsenal are going to be hard work this season. United are fanning about with Mourinho. But no, no, everybody's being competitive. United are fanning about, but everybody else is being competitive. And Arsenal's probably the most surprising of those. So so you think then... And they I mean, did score the goal of the season, I haven't mean, they? I think it's safe to say, isn't it? Yeah. But Arsenal <laughs> have always, they've always played. When, they, when they've switched it up that gear, they've always been brilliant. Even in the dog days, the worst times under the Wenger, they, they still had the ability to, to play like that. But do you think then that last night's performance and result, along with the past few weeks, having not played anyone decent, do you think that that still, for you, makes them a top four certainty? Not a certainty, no. It just makes it, it just makes top four com- more competitive than I thought it might be. Whereas, whereas if you're thinking about who finishes one, two, three, four, yeah. as opposed to who ends up play, finishing fifth or sixth, that's a competitive season, isn't it? They've had a nice run-up, haven't they, yeah. this season. It's almost like they've had a little false start and just been able to... Kind of six wins in a row doesn't really mm. tell the story because mm. there's been some bloodbaths in other matches around the season when they've they've kind of got away with that so much and yeah. being able to say genuine title contenders is not three words you would probably mm. have associated with Arsenal at the beginning I mean, of the in season. In a sense, they're, they're they're succeeding with the players that can score goals, as stupid as that sounds, you know. Um, whereas you know, under Wenger, it was like they they couldn't defend, mm. but they just weren't they they didn't give themselves anything to sort of play with, and their new manager seems to be balancing the use of uh, Lacazette, Aubameyang yeah. as players. He's not using them all the time every game, is he? But no, he's using, but he's using them last night. It, yeah. it, it, using them effectively. Yeah, because so I think I think if you if you rewind a bit, you go like the Cardiff game, where they looked like they were going to get beat by Cardiff. He brought Aubameyang on, didn't mm. he? And he changed the game. Yeah. So, I mean, is, is it a reflection maybe of something that's changing in football? You know, mm. the idea of managing a bigger squad, players going... Uh, 
well, if I'm going to stay out, when am I going to play like? And I go, well, you'll be very important when the, when the defenders yeah. are knackered. And oh, so, okay. I suppose <laughs> Ferguson was a master at this. He was a master of getting players who um, were not content to be on the bench, but that understood the importance of a squad rotation system. Yep. And he had the trouble. And that was more of a cycle. He would go, he would go you're not playing until January, and you'll play every week till April. You know, mm. whereas this is kind of like that's form, though. I'd say that's form more than team management. You think we're so? used to because when uh, the allowing players to get form and then get a run is, is really important. But then ultimately, I think uh, even under Ferguson's tenure, probably there was less, slightly less games, maybe, whether just in terms of Champions League. But now, in terms of burning yourself out in the yeah and. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can contradict right. myself now. I, yeah, I remember games where they would bring on Beckham and Keane, and the other team must have been going, Jesus yeah. Christ, what? Hang on a minute, what? <laughs> no, that's right. And, and we it, just weathered the storm. And he used it as a good way to control the, the egos and the personalities within the squad yeah. because being able to promote someone from the youth team or someone coming through was seen as such a kind of an affront to the, the old pro that they've replaced that it almost it reset everyone's kind of calibrations on who's, you know, what the rules were. But Chris, you're an ex-pro. You're a bright lad. That's Thanks obvious. Man. It's been a while. but uh, <laughs> When you were playing, would you... Um, <coughs> how would you feel about if you're on a decent run of form, then you're getting dropped? Were you mature enough to be like, okay, well, this is part of the process? Or was it a, operating on a different level entirely to what we're talking about well, now? I think... Or, yeah, it's interesting because uh, you you should never if if you got dropped and you're on a good run of form, see because the manager didn't like you or he was trying to prove a point and he wanted you to kick his door or down Gritz on a Monday. Done something wrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he'd literally, you know, find my phone unlocked or something. But uh, uh, you know, the, the equivalent of them maybe giving you a warning or so it's seeing how your temperament deals with it. Okay. But I didn't know a manager that didn't want you knocking on his door on a Monday if you weren't picked in the team. And then sometimes that was a marker of you know how much you wanted it your desire right. but and I always didn't I, I wasn't didn't always come to that with managers because I found their ego is sometimes harder to manage and I was like well if you don't have a good fit with your manager you know you can play through fear or respect or someone put their arm around you but you know fundamentally if you think they're yeah. an idiot yeah. <laughs> you're better off going and finding no, another one to enough. play for but I mean Ozo last night is getting all the the headlines for I mean rightly so he, he was instrumental in all, all three goals um but he's someone who I was surprised to see starting, to be honest. As the way they dismantled Fulham without him, I thought, okay, well this this might be Emery saying, you know, explicitly that we actually we don't we don't. But that was at Fulham, him. wasn't it? That was at Fulham. So this was at the Emirates, wasn't it? Was, yeah. Yeah. So I think and that Ozil might be is, the Yeah, Ozil was very good at the Emirates. Mm. But I was just surprised that they were happy to to do that. I mean, it it, it worked out well. And if he can keep uh, a squad of attacking players like he's got, Lacazette, Aubameyang, um, Mkhitaryan, Ozil. It will be all those guys. If they can keep them happy without them playing every single game, they could be very dangerous. I still think that they struggle at the back. And I think last night, Leicester yeah. could have been two up. Um, yeah, the first half, from what I can gather, wasn't exactly the greatest gift of football, was it, from no. Arsenal? But they still run out 3-1. So yeah, yeah. it's... Um, and that's, that's the, uh, Arsenal from a year ago wouldn't have done that. Mm. They'd have been two down at half-time, would yeah. have lost that game. So there, there is progress. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see them come up against... A strong defensive unit team that hits them on the break, as you said, because see how fragile they are at the back. They've got a lot of players that play. The reason why he probably shuffles the pack a lot is he doesn't know his strongest eleven. I was going to say, is it yeah. progress or is or is yeah. it just he's hit some good formula and, and he thinks let's keep playing it and, and loads of half, <laughs> what you would call half players in terms of they play in the spaces in and about. So <clears> if you're going to play against pu pushing on fullbacks, well maybe you want players that are kind of more tucked in, or maybe you want someone that naturally wants to go wide. So. Horses for courses would be the yeah. you know the old adage, and I think actually, and we said this at the time, but um, new manager having two very difficult games to start the season with 
probably is a blessing in disguise, really, because it meant that they could get those losses out of the system and now go into a relatively easier run of form, which they, they've done and it as wasn't well as it possibly and, could have done. And it wasn't David Moyes taking over from Ferguson. By the time Wenger gave up, Wenger actually ruined his own legacy in many senses. I mean, in about five years, we'll all talk about yeah. what a great revolution he was for British football. I but, hope so. But I think, I think right now, there's still the, the sort of, for, for a lot of people who don't even support Arsenal, you kind of go... Look, mate, you really made a mess of that, didn't you, in yeah, the end? Yeah, yeah. But he's got them new pictures of him in that nice coat and shirt. Have you seen that? No. Some pictures of him on Twitter, viral <laughs> pictures of What's, him. Of what? Oh, not, not bad pictures. Like <laughs> <laughs> a genuine like, press shot I've got a job, Mark. I can't, stand, got... I can't sit all day there on Twitter <laughs> waiting for pictures yeah, of can. him. Yeah, I kind of do. Right. He looks great. He's got this, this long coat on. I mean, long coats haven't been his friend in the past, but he's got this long coat on. He looks, looks great. He looks like a great gent, and I want him back in the really? Premier League ASAP. Really? Well, Fergie, I will be talking about Fergie, what he did to that United team for Moyes. He literally rode it till the wheels came off, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. <laughs> he just <laughs> left him a shell. Yeah. Just just rode it in on his feet and just, yeah. part just exchange, a logo part exchanged it for a racehorse. <laughs> and then that was it. Off yeah. he went. There you go, anyway, Dave. Good luck. Go. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Chelsea, Man United. Let's go back before we go yeah, forward the on that. Yeah, the first game of the weekend. Yeah, yeah that was uh, what a way to start the weekend. It was a belter, wasn't it? It was a cracking game. It was just a bizarre game. <laughs> Everything happened. Um, and, I mean, the, the headlines have been taken by the, the Mourinho fracas at the end. Hmm. Uh, Stu, what do you think of that? Um, I th- I, well, it's obviously a storm in a teacup because by, by the time the news had done its second cycle of trying to get excited about it, Chelsea had issued not one but two apologies from two individuals, not even like a club yeah. statement. It was like, no, I'm sorry. No, really, I'm sorry. I'm more sorry. I'm more yeah, sorry yeah, than you. Yeah. And then and then and then Marino comes out and goes, they've all said they're sorry, so that'll do for me. Yeah, sorry's all sorry's all round, wasn't it? But um, was it, I mean, was it was it was it? Well, sorry. that's really good stuff. Subtle. That was really Thanks, really good God. stuff, I'm, man. You know, I feel more comfortable in this second slot, Mark. So I can just <laughs> be myself. The real material can come out of me. Did you think it was six minutes? Did you think that the because it was no, a nice six minute? Was it? That. I was surprised it was six minutes. But you know what? It's United. They've they've done it to other teams before. It's Love, one of those things. Happens. Love that Louise header at the back stick. Proper like Richard Goff sort of bang neck power back where it came from. But a word on that goal. I mean, great header. There was no blood on the back post there that Young hasn't got any help on. But then the the reactions of the United centre-backs, they had uh, I mean Lindelof, um, someone else, was, maybe Pogba was in there as well. They don't move when that header from Louise don't leaves react. his head. No one mm. moves, no one reacts. Barkley's the only one to do anything. And you think, 96 minute in. There is a bit of shell. I always find that this kind of weird sort of shell shocks thing where you're like, you can... The impending doom. So you just your feet get rocked, and you're like either full of it, that fight or flight thing. But right. sometimes you can get rooted to the spot by it as well, and you're just like, it's going to happen. Well, you're a passenger, and you just you yeah, and you're almost you know. It, that's why I always admire the defenders that always get those ridiculous blocks. You know those guys, the kind just, of Jamie Carragher. Yeah, and you, just, I've just got nothing but admiration for that sort of because he almost goes into the fire when he sees it, whereas some of these other ones just are like. I'm not sure, and it wasn't that because it wasn't a sk- it wasn't a difficult thing to deal with. It was just it was in between, wasn't it? And no, yeah. they couldn't quite get. But it, it. But it points to as far as like the the Chelsea Renaissance goes is like while while Ozil might be this enigma to the English Premier League, Ross Barkley is an even bigger one, and mm-hmm. it, it yeah. appears on the on the of what the first third of the season that they've unearthed the gem they thought they had paid 25 million for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the sort of player that Everton thought they had, mm. and Chelsea hoped they'd bought, and. I mean, for England's sake, I hope it continues this because yeah, he looks like a. I mean, obviously he came on from the bench on Saturday, but he looks like a genuine 
top Premier League player. Yeah. Um, I mean, he got hit with the, he's the next Gascoigne, then he got hit with, he's the yeah. next Gerrard. You're like, that's not a way to build a career. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's to tell someone they're God before they've even, like, when yeah. they're 18 and they've got a regular just, first team place. But we love doing that. And I'm hoping actually with England, um, I know it's off topic a little bit, but we've got a generation of players coming through that you hope that one won't get picked out in the way that we had it with Rooney. We had it with Sterling, and they get hammered by everybody. This might, in a way, this might be the blessing of of there being a lot of uh, the, the complaint that there's too many foreign players keeping English players to be developed. Mm. Actually, the blessing might be that the ones that make it are actually the yeah, the enough. ones bu- bu- built of sterner stuff. Yeah, which yeah, makes yeah. Or, or going abroad, which yeah. is often the same thing as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what's the lad at Dortmund called Sancho? Yeah, he's it's great watching him play. I love watching him go forward. And it's just, you know, it's kind of caught us up without us really paying too much attention. Is we've got an England manager who is willing to play keep the ball football, which is like, you know, every every team would play differently yeah. where they would play possession football and then yeah. they go over England and play lump it forward. And it's weird to think that we've now got players in England who can play with a football. I mean, imagine also... And that sounds like a daft thing to say. About no, but that's, abs- but that's right. That's absolutely right. I mean, there's an alternative universe where... We are here, and Sam Allardyce is still the England manager, mm. and it is just that thing of lump it forward, lump, yeah. get it in the mixer. Everyone's that. terrified at all times because they hate playing for England. It's a disaster, and, and look where we are instead. It feels like chalk and cheese, and it's, it's great. Uh, anyway, back to the weekend's games. Yeah, no more international football, please. Oh, no, sorry, yes, yeah, Scottish Martin Grissom. Uh, Man City steamroller continues. Grits. Yeah, just. Menacing best, uh, even more so because KDB made an appearance uh, from the bench, and that's yeah. ominous. That's an yeah. ominous sight for um, yeah, because they've been weakened while he's been out, <laughs> and it was, they were really relieved to get well, him back. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Because the guy like Gun- Gun- Gundogan, uh, uh, when he got injured, you just they've literally lost a little bit, not momentum, but the, you know they missed that kind of player in centre midfield, and with him coming back on the pitch, because obviously Silva can do the job, and and uh, Bernardo Silva, the, the great players. But um, the heartbeat of the team, KDB, I think it's... Uh, he's a jewel in the crown, isn't yeah, he? He's, he's, the, just, he's the finisher. Yeah, and I think he'll bring... He always brings the best out in the other strikers. Aguero doesn't often need much help, but the other attacking players, he, the way he can pick a pass for them, for Sterling and behind for Sane. I mean, how many amazing goals did he set up for Sane last mm. season? So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him back in action. But with... Um with Man City dominating and, and cruising to a game that they actually could have got double digits there. Mm. Aguero missed three or four really good chances. Um, but Man City do that against teams that play the low block. They still manage to find a way. And once they've got that first or the second goal, teams have to come on to them a little bit. And they just absolutely destroy these teams. Uh, other side of the coin, Liverpool at Huddersfield, your team, Stu. Mm-hmm. Um, great result. And, and a result that I think in the past they might not have got. No, no, for sure, for sure. And and I think that's a, a, the, the, the team you put out was a great example of of the modern game as we know it in the sense of all right Man- Mane was injured so there's one player you couldn't choose um but he he, he went with uh, Shakiri and um and Sturridge with Salah which meant Firmino's on the bench which you kind of go okay in, in the mm. in Liverpool setup Firmino is probably the key while Salah gets the headlines he's your pivotal guy oh everything yeah. if, if he works then then Liverpool's working yeah. kind of thing and and what's been a great great to see um is the renaissance of Daniel Sturridge. Uh, yeah, very much so. Um, because, And I think as well, it, maybe it was the experience of going away to West Brom and finding out that, you know, he has to sit among dirty boots, whoever it is, you know, what it must have looked like at a team that's going down yeah. as opposed to a Klopp team that clearly is going yeah. somewhere that's that's in the ascendancy with football. Um, and it was... A, and, and, and expectations were a bit nervous because... Um, 
Well, because it, the, the way City are going, it's just like hold on to their coattails, mm. I think, really, and don't let them get out of sight. So while it wasn't 5-0, and it never looked like being 5-0, to be honest with you. No. Um, but, it's, but if you look at the result and you look at the game, if we'd have scored that goal in the 75th minute and got away with 1-0, you'd have gone, it was a ugly but solid. Yeah. But because we scored early and because the trend in English football now is that Liverpool or City, if they score early, they're going to they're gonna steamroll you. Yeah. I don't know whether you're seeing, and, and there's evidence so far in this season from Liverpool, that, that, um, that maybe Klopp is being a little more conservative about how he needs to win games. If you look at the net, if you look at the big change over last season, which was Coutinho out in January, Van Dijk in, you'd have thought losing somebody of Coutinho's talent, it'd have been the end of the world as far as attacking football goes. But actually, the net benefit to how well we defend now is the pressure to score isn't as great. Well, he can rely on his defence. Yeah. And it's something last season, they, ha- they had to score at least twen- two or three. That's 20 game, twenty league games not conceded mm. in, the, you know, in the last... Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's, that's amazing. Since, since, you know, it's, it's ridiculous how well we're doing. In I mean, it's, not and it's not just Van Dijk. I mean, a large part of it is, but um, Alisson as well coming in. But really, Gomez has come in and looked like... He's been there for, been for 10 years. Yeah. Looks no, unbelievable. A mate of mine's a Charlton fan, and when, when we bought him for a million pounds as a 17-year-old, he actually said to me, he said, he'll captain Liverpool. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Mm. Really? But then even when he came at 17, we, we, he played at left-back, I think it was. And it was only injury that got him out of the team when he came under uh, Rodgers. Um, but now, and he, he's, had that, he's been able to be in the background, learn how Klopp plays. And what was interesting about the game, and I think it maybe is something about Liverpool away, Liverpool at Anfield, is that um, he chose to keep Trent Alexander on the bench yeah. uh, and play Gomez right back, whereas Gomez had been this wonderful partner to Van Dijk, you know, two front foot centre-halves, yeah. two ball players, two quick players. But if you're, if you're, I, guess, I guess Lauren's not on, a, not on a small wage, is he? No. <laughs> so I'd imagine trying to keep him happy. He's a World Cup finalist. As he's well. been he's been a Champion League finalist he's and he's a, been a World Cup finalist. He's you an say arse, he's an ass. <laughs> well, that's it. Career. He's an absolute ass. You can't wait to get mate. You see him. But uh, no, yeah, I'm joking, probably. Sorry, Sukar. No, but it's true. But it's true. But, no, but there's something about him that's just like you know the unsettling. I thought you know against City in the in the semi final of the Champions League, I thought it was going to cost you mm. the way that he was kind of going in and getting over. Just seems to be a little bit hot headed. But which, but I, I mean I think this is a perception rather than a rule because maybe. since that Tottenham game where he got humiliated when we got beat 4-1 yeah. um, he has been a reliable and effective centre-half for Liverpool uh, is the switch from Gomez to right back is it temporary or is it uh, indicative of how Trent has played this year because he's not been as good this season I'd say no I think it's I think that Trent's not as good a defender that's all it is yeah. I mean Gomez is a better defender but Gomez isn't as good going forward yeah. so that means that all the pressure's on Robertson on the left so, um, and then you've got the other, the other side of the tactic side of it. Like, Salah's more in the middle now, even though when you see it line up, you go, yeah, Sturridge is in the middle, Salah's mm. not notionally yeah. right, Shakiri notionally left. Well, that's three players that are all arguably central players now. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and uh, going back to Sturridge, the point, uh, his maturity, because when he was playing for Bolton, he went on loan to Bolton when he was at Chelsea, and that, they were kind of struggling, but he was, they, he was the hero, he was the star. And I think going to West Brom, it's like, I don't want to be the star anymore, I want to play in a good team, because I don't think he's got the ability to go past people, and obviously the confidence maybe that he had when he was younger. So him, his maturity and development, maybe well, Klopp's don't you think? Same. Don't you think he, I mean, he looks everything that you need out of a number 10. Yeah. And, if you don't, and he's can deadly. You, can you trust him? Can you rely on his, on his fitness? That, that's the issue for but me. But he's giving him the chance. I think Klopp's like saying, well, 
I mean, what more incentive do you want than your team was a Champions League finalist? That, that, and he was moping it, around at West yeah. Brom, and I think he's yeah. he's had a full full preseason with him. He's got him fit, and he was effective during preseason, and he's rewarding him. And I think that's what's happening. I think going back to what we were saying before about um, the, the moving around the squads uh, uh, with Arsenal's team is that um, if you're telling players this is what you have to do in training to be picked in the team, and people are doing it, then then he's going to have to play people like Shakiri and Sturridge yeah. to keep them trying in, in the... Um... Yeah, just to uh, wrap up the final... Um, the, probably the final of the top four contenders, really. Uh, Spurs away at West Ham. Yeah. 1-0 uh, win, but it's a team where you know, they've beaten United comfortably in the last few weeks, West Ham. Um, what do you think about Spurs? They've gone off the radar a little bit, but I feel like they are... They've the business. They've still won, you know, what, is it the last three or four games? So it's like they've, they've put in... Consistently good, well, not good performances, but consistently uh, high point scoring totals for uh, to keep them up there. I think there's there's a few interesting things afoot, isn't there? Obviously with Park and you know look yeah. at the Real Madrid job, Poch, Poch, Poch. not Park. What do you say, Park or Poch? Pochettino. So as a nickname, what would you call him? I'm going to call him Poch. I don't know. I don't have a nickname for him. Poch. I will never let this go. Sorry, carry on. I would just say Spurs manager. Then I'm all right. Yeah, your man. I think there's a few there's a few interesting th- decisions for him to make. You know, if the if the Real Madrid job did come up, or yeah. you know, what kind of and that could come up in the next few it weeks. It really could. So I I don't know. I th- I think he's done really well in t- in terms of stopping the rot, so to speak, because they started well, but there was a, a point where you just kind of a lot of things were going against them, yeah. and you know. It, it's very quick. We're very quick to doubt people now, aren't we? Two week, two weeks ago, Jose was out in his ass, yeah. and now you know we're all like, "Oh, he's got a bit of fight in him." It's amazing how quickly you know. And I, I, I'm guessing it's always moved like that, yeah. but um, now more so than ever under the microscope. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do you see the Spurs game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think it's another, another, another game. A bit like Liverpool, really. Spurs are just being effective yeah. rather than dominating. Mm. Whereas you know, obviously, their performance at Man United was kind of when they're at their pomp but this yeah. was and this is their rival I mean let's let, you know let's not kid ourselves this is a, this is a game that's just a pain in the ass for Spurs in a way yeah and West Ham have just hit a run of form where they're beginning to establish themselves at the London Stadium tough, so, tough place to go big, big London derby yeah so uh, those two things I think. getting Eric Lamella back and fit could be huge for them I think he is he's someone who's, who's potentially um yeah one of the one of the top boys in the league I genuinely mean that I yeah, think yeah. he's got unbelievable yeah they've got to look at that that insane Rabona that he scored yeah. a couple of years ago. He, he's got all the ability in the world if he can stay fit. Jack Pitbrook wrote a nice piece, uh, a previous guest in the West Wallace, he wrote a really nice piece in The Independent about him and just the resurgence. He watches a lot of Spurs games and uh, saying that that very thing, there's more expected from him now, but you look at what's allowed that and it's a injury-free, a manager that's picking him and a, a, a prolonged run in the team. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Well, that was the end, end of the first half. We'll come back and look at some of the guys who are struggling at the other end and the fixtures for next week. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labbrooks. Welcome back to The Whistleblowers. I hope you had a nice break. Uh, first half, we talked about um, <laughs> the teams battling for the top four there, Grits and Stu. Yeah. Bottom four. Um, what we, what yeah, we bottom with? four. What, what are we talking about now then? I mean, on Saturday we had this sort of, what's supposed to be a glam for me a glamorous game. South Coast derby in the sunshine, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Southampton, and, you know, ended up nil-nil. Damp squib. Very much damp squib on an otherwise beautiful day. Um, I mean, did you see much of that? Was there anything to see of that? Highlights-wise, there wasn't much. No. Um, 
to be honest, I think it was one of they cancelled each other out a little bit there. I think um, Southampton are better than people think. Well, from what I saw against Brighton, they've thrown, they've done their best to throw things away. And I know we spoke about it last time, Mark Hughes being a bit of a, a wartime manager rather than uh, season one with being progressive. He's good at he's good at getting what he needs to, but I don't think he's going to take those players on. And he's got some really good players in that dressing room. So Southampton, I wasn't too surprised they held them there, but um, Bournemouth, uh, Eddie Howe. I've, being at home, I mean, they've almost done better on the road, haven't they? Bournemouth have been a, a kind of a mixed bag, but a, a very effective team this season. Well, I think that's a good result for Southampton. Yeah, no, it's on paper. Getting a clean sheet at Bournemouth, who have been, yeah. I'm not free scoring, but certainly pretty effective in in the opposition box. I no. mean, um, Stu, Bournemouth this season, what are your thoughts on them? Well, Bournemouth are a team that, that you, you can you can look at the table once and you go, oh, they're going down. And then you'll just you'll just forget about them for about eight games, and they're eleventh. And you kind of like yeah. when did that happen? And they'll 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 just have like these good sort of runs of eight games where they might win three, draw four, and and then not win for five or six games. Yeah. And yet it seems to be enough. And um, they seem to play nice football. It's not it's not like they're they're not dogging they're not dogging it are they at all in the, no. in the way that the way that they've played since they've come up. So they've not had to reduce how they play football. Whereas the other teams that we're looking at in the bottom four, you can see that they're. They're building for a scrap, whereas there's a vision with Bournemouth. Absolutely. I mean, Bournemouth currently are on 17 points in sixth. Mm. They are, uh, not surprisingly at the moment, three points clear of United, but two points clear of Wolves. And they've got a positive goal difference, haven't they? They have, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a big thing for a team like Bournemouth, isn't it's, it? It's huge, and they're still unearthing these players. David <coughs> Brooks has come through. They've got players that look like they play football the right way. I hate that phrase, but they, mm. they play football the right way. And Eddie Howe, uh, we talked about that on the last podcast, Grits, but Eddie Howe, if you're talking about managers for a top job, it'd probably be someone who you might mention, but probably won't get those jobs hmm. for, for a whole bunch of reasons. Maybe nationality and age come into it. Mm-hmm. But where do you see Eddie Howe in a few years' time, if not at Bournemouth? Well, he's he's sort of decided to make that narrative his own, hasn't he? Because I think he's not made any... There's not been any noises. He's, certainly his agent's not gone out and touted him around. There was a brief spell, wasn't there, where... He he could have been sort of Wenger's underling and then yeah. been the manager, but he didn't want. He wants to be his own man, and I think as a manager, an assistant manager's job isn't isn't proven you can manage, is it? No. Um, and I suppose he might be happy there. It could almost be like a kind of as Letitia was as a player at Southampton. He could he could keep them up, and it might be until they go down that he decides to do something else. Um, but I don't think the opportunities that are there also. If you think of like, what does he do if he goes to somewhere? A sideways move, like any of the others, he won't be doing anything different. He'll have to rebuild them. Whereas, I think he's essentially brought that team through and developed. Yeah. So there's like, I mean, thinking of team, I can only think of two players that he's bought off Liverpool, sort of Adam Smith and um, I forgot his name, okay. Jordan Ibe. Oh. Jordan Ibe, yeah. Where he's been allowed, he's been allowed to see them through their own development. They haven't mm. had to hit the ground running yet. I think Jordan was his most expensive player at the time. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Now that speaks volumes to, to where maybe. Bournemouth sit in the league so when you say where could he go it's like where where, where would he go yeah, more than where could him. he go because yeah. you know you've got Everton sort of bubbling under I suppose um, but like Newcastle aren't they and, and other sort of big what you'd call big clubs no I mean he, he for me is the sort of person that could go to Newcastle it feels like a, it might be a good fit and with them in mind they lost at home to Brighton this weekend and that, that's that feels like a pretty totemic um, yeah, yeah. Result for them this season, brutal, um, wasn't it? Grits, you do you think they're going to properly struggle oh, this yeah, year? Yeah. Are, they, are they down for you? And also the way that the manager is just like, well, you know, 
what what chance have you got? They haven't spent a penny, and and it's and it's his last year of his contract, so he's yeah. like he's in, he's got he's doing what he can. Yeah. Well, but oh, but is he? This is the thing as well. Like I think he I think he is up to a certain extent, but they they've always they've always managed to pull something out or or you know be slightly great in the sum of their parts in some performances, and I think that's got down to tactic now and desire, and I don't think they've really had that cutting edge because I mean. Mike Ashley's just throwing the heart out of you know. I, I, from the people that hear the go to the games, think it's you know deathly deathly quiet there. Um, you know, unless Newcastle, like, there's no one there. There's no motivation for the mm. fans to kind of get them up and going. And and you find that that's a real sad um, and antipathy to that club because they've never been like that. You know, they've always yeah. been able to generate some noise and have a bit of heart and soul about the place. But it's funny the way that it. It goes in the northeast. It happened to Sunderland as well, didn't it? But over a longer period of time, that was a death by a thousand cuts. Um, I think that's the expression. For but it feels like I mean, all I'm, their signings. I but. mean, this is. I mean, obviously, as Liverpool fan, great affection for Rafa Benitez. But it feels like even by Ashley's standards, this is a waste of a good manager Absolutely. in terms of yeah. in terms of what you. Because if he's, you know, by all accounts, he's liquidate built, him. Just he's liquidate him. he's him building Newcastle United to be somebody else's toy. So why wouldn't you help Rafa along in helping? That? That happened. Well, what is the point in having him there? Yeah, what, yeah. What, what is the point in, in putting Benitez through this? He obviously wants, he obviously has some affection for the club and for the supporters, or it had left a year ago. So he wants to be there. Mm. You're giving him no tools with which to work. It just seems like a waste of everybody's time. I, I don't understand why, why he's doing it. And that's it. kind of the, talking to my Geordie friends, that's kind of what they're saying is like, we, we have all the sympathy for Rafa. Yeah. And obviously there's no love lost between Geordie fans and. No, uh, of course and, not. Um, I wonder Mike if he Ashley. gets in parachute payment. I wonder if the parachute payments, if anything, take them out of the club. Let's see how quick he gets rid of the club when they go down. Because the the net the net gain of keeping a club up was it it was seen that a club would make in the region of a hundred million a year at the bottom place club in the Premier That's League. A lot of get hundred million from. Well, this is the thing. So you don't know how much their expenditure is, or, or kind of what is going on behind the scenes. Because even the people that have come in to buy the club. It's got to the 11th hour and then the books have got out or someone's books have been looked at and they've gone, this doesn't really seem economically viable. So yeah, whether the, whether the parachute payment's come in a nice lump sum that Mike Ashley can, you know, just kind of filter out of the club. But I don't, I can't see that. I just can't see the that you would run the team the way it's run without investing anything into it, that, yeah. but like not make any attempt to stay up. I guess, you know, I, guess with the, the, I guess being, being the kind of the team of, the genuine team of the Premier League generation is Newcastle because they were part of the headlines when yeah. it began to get ahead of steam and then they've kind of wasted themselves. It, it feels like they're a missing part of, of the league when when they're not being competitive, if, if that makes yeah, sense. No, no, absolutely. I think you always want Newcastle to be that team that might not necessarily be competitive top two or three, mm. but they're always going to give you something to watch. It's always going to be a spectacle. It's always an event. That's and being a one part. city club as well, it's it's important that they're in the top flight for that reason to me. Because you know, the further north you go that way, then then you need something. It's, it's like one one team. You know, yeah. I mean, being from the northwest, you know, there's a bloody plethora of teams around yeah. the northwest. Yeah, yeah. The northeast isn't as rich in its football in that sense. No, no, no that's right. So, well, I think to be honest, on paper, I think they, that's one game they can go and win because Southampton just have that ability to shoot themselves in the foot. So they're at Southampton. Yeah, um, fancy them. Yeah, do you? I don't just, know. Just because it's... Well, no, actually, talk, the, the thing that I've... Going back to what we said before about Arsenal scoring is that I thought in the last couple of years, even the sort of bottom half of the table had, had understood you need to actually get someone who can score goals. 
to, to stay in this league or be competitive in this league. It's about, you know, you think of like yeah. the power of Zaha at, at Crystal Palace is, you know, they go, okay, if he plays well, then we might we might win a game or two. And it's like, teams like Southampton and Newcastle seem to be not, not playing by those rules. As but, but I mean, it, it brings us around perfectly to, to Mitrovic. I mean, he's a player that Newcastle had mm. and let go and he's at Fulham. All right, he's not going to get you 20 goals a season, mm. but he's the guy that will get you... 12, maybe 15 12, in a good 15 season. is a good but return. But that's a huge return. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a monstrous return for, for a player who is, is quite limited. He's a goal scorer. Mm. We, saw, we saw how good he can be in the, uh, in the World Cup and I think it's a big loss for, for Newcastle to take that one. Uh, but Fulham this, this uh, weekend were at Cardiff. Yep. Um, Cardiff, you know, Neil Warnock seems to be treating this as a competition win, really. Like he's, he's won some sort of He's delighted to lottery be there. just to be there. Yeah, but again, you've got the capacity. I've played it. I've played at Ninian a couple of times, and that place was terrifying to play at. A player, although the Welsh club, I mean, playing at Swansea was bad enough. I mean, good enough if you like the atmosphere, <laughs> but bad enough for you're the visiting team. It kind of real kind of when the fans get behind them, and they are a big, they're a Neil Warnock team. Yeah, absolutely. So the ability to put four past Fulham seem kind of a bit. Like cat flaps at the back at the minute, just everything's going straight for him, and I I don't know what the manager is going to do to turn it around because he I, he certainly doesn't look like a man that has has another uh, idea in his pocket. And the and last season those two teams probably meeting in the same fixture, Fulham would have been a lot more yes. confident about how they play football. Absolutely, that they controlled the game. There you go. And there's no way there's no way on earth that Cardiff would have put four past well, them. Five five months ago, not a long time at all. Fulham were playing the best stuff yeah. in in the championship. I would agree. Um, Cardiff. You know, Cardiff were, were an effective unit, but they weren't. They well, weren't they were special. Team, they were a they were Warnock team. team, but they were playing better stuff than Wolves, even. And mm. I look at Wolves this season. Yes, they've, they've they've spent more money again, but Fulham seem to have. When they play good football and, and it's going well, they seem to be very happy. They can play. They can all. They don't overthink things. But now they're still trying to play the right way, but it's not happening, and they haven't got really no. contingency for that. They seem a bit of a soft touch, don't they? And soft touch. At, at, Craven Cottage as well. Teams like going there. It's not. It's a nice yeah. place to play football. When when Fulham, as you said last season, it, it was just we're going here and we're going to get torn apart. And now it's like you go there and you go, you yeah. smell blood. The so. ground felt when they're playing well. The ground ground feels tight. The crowd yeah. feel like they're on top of you. They're never that loud at Fulham, but they feel like they're on top of you. When it's you know like it's been against Arsenal at home and, and the like, it's it's just been a it's been a great time to be an, a, a visiting player. And it's, it's a real problem. You've got to turn. You've got to turn your home ground into some sort of fortress oh if you yeah. can, and, and make it hard to margins. beat. Margins, yeah, margins, yeah. or, or attack at teams so that they're so exhausted after twenty minutes that you've got a chance of crushing them. And that's nine goals conceded in the last two games for Fulham. So I mean, I, d I yeah. don't. I think they'll stay up. I think they've got enough quality. I think they'll also probably really? spend money in January. Yeah, I think they're three worst teams in them. That's, well, that's it, isn't it? It's who's worse than you, yeah. not even the fact that how bad you are. Oh, well, they got Bournemouth. I, I think if they get beat at home to Bournemouth, I think it's just going to be another another kick in the nuts for them because I, I don't know. I, um, Morale-wise, when you see those players, if you go to Cardiff and get four put past you, yeah, and Bournemouth yeah, have the capacity to really attack you, so that's tricky. We talk about Cardiff, Cardiff away at Liverpool. Uh, how do you see that one? So obviously, but that not as easy as a team to play as... You know, we, uh, as the form would suggest, but form maybe n not including. <laughs> but, I but I think it'll it'll be more governed by what happens tomorrow. We're recording this day yes, before yeah, Liverpool yeah, play yeah. the Champions League, and I think depending on that result goes, Liverpool win and they win easy without much effort. Um, they can go into it sort of fresh. Whereas if yeah. they are, if they don't get the result they want or they struggle to get the result they want, then then I think they'll take that into that fixture. This is true. Um, Wednesday, a Wednesday, but, a Wednesday but, kick off on a three o'clock Saturday but, is not fair. But. Um, 
but, but you know, Liverpool's home record is is as strong as anybody's. So who's 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 unbeaten? You know? mm-hmm. So it's we're not conceding goals there. So you kind of go, what what are Cardiff going to do? Not, rather than can can we beat them? It's like could Cardiff even get a goal? And you, yeah. and obviously, don't, don't, no one wants to be that arrogant or complacent that you're just going to brush all comers aside. But this is this is the perfect example of where Liverpool should be a flat track bully yeah, and yeah, yeah. will not apologise for it. But this is where I think there's been a huge shift in the last six months, really, from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Is that historically they've been a club that will go and they'll get a result at United or at Chelsea or at Arsenal or whatever, and the next week drop points at home to you know, Reading or Middlesbrough or whoever. Yeah. But now it feels mm-hmm. like you can tick off certain games in that in that fixture list and say, well, I feel 99% sure they're going to beat Cardiff at home or Fulham at home. Mm. And that's the difference. that You play against more teams that are in the bottom 15 than you do who are in the top yeah, four. Yeah, 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 yeah. And these are where the points get accrued. And, and this is how you win titles. And I beat, think Beat 14 teams home and away, then you, you're pretty much yeah. guaranteed to be in the title challenge. I mean, look at, look at last season. United had the best record against the rest of the top four. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything unless you're picking yeah. up points in every other game. And even this season, to go back to United, even this season, it's it's not the, the draw and dropping two points at Chelsea that's the issue. It's the losing at Brighton. It's it's those ones where mm-hmm. y- you think, well, this is meant to be a top two or three challenger, maybe maybe even title challenger. And that's where Liverpool are doing well now is, is that they are grinding these results out. And they are grinding them out at times, like at Huddersfield. And they might do it again on Saturday, but I feel very confident that they're going to go and win it. And like that's what like you we did at say. home to Brighton, you know, we only yeah. beat Brighton 1-0. And it, but, they, you know, we're still, we're still equal points with City, so... But that's a satisfying 1-0 as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But also, when City came to Anfield, yeah. they they knew we were com- we were competitors. Whereas, when they came to Anfield in January, was it last mm. year? Mm. In the league, that is, not, 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 not the Champions League. They blow you away. They didn't have to... They, they, they'd already won the league, so there was no gamble for them. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, having gone through the experience of getting knocked out of the Champions League by us, the fixture had a very different tone to it. And and it was two teams respecting each other, which that is kind exactly of... Exactly, alluding to your point earlier yeah. about Van Dijk, yeah. very much so. The fact that... And also the status quo, by maintaining the status quo, both teams really won in that situation because neither lost ground on each other. Mm. You both maintained one and two in the league and it was a, a case of no one Did you see any heat maps of that game at all, either of you? I did not. No, they were amazing. They were amazing because it basically was two centre four centre-halves had the ball the most. Really? really? And even the goalies had it more than the forwards. Because really basically good game two teams counted Where are you finding out? these heat maps? Sure. Where are you doing? Have you got a heat map website that we don't know about? Are you I heat mapping us now? <laughs> if he is, I am a red hot... I could be talking through my ass, you know that, don't you? You may be, but that's, no. you know. It was Twitter. It was Twitter, yeah. honest. Fair oh. enough. Uh, well, Brighton, Brighton's a good point because this weekend they have Wolves. If they put back-to-back wins, uh, this is the kind of thing that Chris Hutton has the ability to do, doesn't yeah. he? Wolves are on a kind of a bit of a little bit of a slump, only because maybe a, a, a resurgent Watford. I fancied Watford to go there and beat them. And they, yeah, I really did. I thought that they've had a, a string of bad results and then Delafeu came back in the team, he freshened up a little bit and just th- they have the ability to go and hurt teams. And I think Wolves had a bit of a soft touch against Cap Palace the week before, so yeah. or before the international break. But sticking on Brighton, Wolves is a, a very winnable match for them. And I think Wolves, you know, if, if Wolves get beat there, they think they, they'll they'll realise that they're in the Premier League now because that's, that's, they've but, had but a I nice think honeymoon going, period. Going back that's what you're saying before about this three worst teams than you. I think that's the one thing Wolves can count on is that there appears to be three teams much worse than they are. Yeah. I think there's 12, 13, 14 <laughs> teams. I think there's loads yeah, of teams worse right. than Wolves. So do, do, in that sense, then, do you think in the end the the fallout of the league will end up being more exciting or do you think that three teams are just going to you know, cut themselves adrift? I think um, 
yeah, I go on. And I'll, I'll just I'll just do a prediction, and you can all shout at me when I get it yeah, wrong. Let's but do I, that. I think Cardiff are done. I think they're done by February. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're not they're not out by February, but they're but they're you know all, you all but done. I mean, they might. I, I was hoping they were going to break our record of eleven points. Have Derby County. Okay. They're going to break that, but that's not going to happen. Having having won by f- four goals to two on Saturday, that's not happening. <laughs> but I think Cardiff are going to be gone early, and then I think it's a toss up. Huddersfield, although they were quite good against your guys on on Sunday. Um, Saturday, sorry. I think... I don't know. I think Cardiff are gone. That's what I think. But But one thing is, are we going to see the first season where three teams do cut themselves adrift as opposed to, you know, that idea of... In in a normal season, probably someone like Watford will have this great start and then just dunk, 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 dunk. And then get overtaken by Cardiff, you know. I think there'll be two that will drop. Okay. And I think that there'll be just two more going for that third. And at the other end then, do you do you, do you two also think like that it is Liverpool versus Man City yeah. for the title? I do. Or yeah. are certainly Tottenham are, 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 are in a good place and Chelsea? Because there's only two points but difference at the, the moment. Thing, this, I, I think because it's so tight and the real the the, the game the league gets decided in the kind of horrible grimy months where t- points like you know d- December time is thank god there's no Champions League matches on there I, me- I meant to look absolute. I don't know if I look yet but is this like the most like of a top six is this the most points accrued by a top six at this stage of the it'll season be, oh. it'll I can't imagine it's far yeah. off it'll Could be the well top be. it'll be the t- the most points needed to get in the Champions League spots I reckon ever in the Champions yeah, It's going to be an 80 point yeah. top four, isn't it? Whereas it used to be mad. 65. It. Yeah. it used to be 65 and now you're looking at 80 points to qualify for Which the Champions Which is insane. But I can't work it out because to me there's lots of good teams in this division. There's like 15 good sides yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. There's there's no absolute turkeys. I mean, maybe apart from Cardiff, there are no absolute turkeys in this mm. division. So how are the how are they all accruing these points? But I think I've that no thing idea. you're saying about what Arsenal used to school everybody in, which is beating the bottom 14 teams yes. easily home and away, is... Tottenham, Liverpool, City, and probably Chelsea now, but th- th- they're the three teams that, that are, are settled with managers and squads. Yeah, they they're coming into this season knowing how to do that, and clearly Chelsea are showing they can do it, and Arsenal are beginning to develop yeah. and stuff. So, I think that everyone understands that logic more than they did before. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's uh, I don't really understand the maths and how how it's going to work this way, but I think that uh, for me. The top of the league, it is City, Liverpool, mm. and I don't think there's there's no other competition for me up there. I think Chelsea will will fall away despite having an outstanding strength of depth in centre and midfield. I think they'll fall away a little bit. United, not for me, um, and Spurs will. The off season chaos for me. I, mean, I, like to, I, I think of it as being it. Liverpool to get eighty seven points every season forever and ever, and then every four <laughs> or five seasons that will mean winning the league. There but it go. won't mean winning the league every year. We no, take that, and that's take kind it. of the way. Um, the way the way I think it should be. Well, if you enjoy <laughs> your football on a Sunday, it's going to be an absolute belter because we've got Palace, Arsenal early uh, with Burnley, Chelsea, but Man U, Everton at four o'clock. That's always a ding dong. Yeah. And then Monday night games, Spurs, Man City. So that'd be tasty. We haven't got time to run through them all now, Mark. But uh, what have you been? Is up that to? my fault? Is that, is that my fault? Have no, I, no, have I talked no, no, too it's much? Been good. No, but uh, it's, been, it's been thoroughly good. It's been nice to have you both on. Uh, what have you been up to? Are you, you, we were at the NFL Sunday. Hopefully, we were at the NFL. I'll see you at the NFL this Sunday. Different sort of football. Yeah, uh, pigskin, pigskin. Yeah, yeah. We've just been told some great <laughs> salacious gossip, which we can't say out on air by the producers. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, was that Sunday you were doing that? Yeah, my Sunday was very different. What, what were you doing? Sure. I was at an art market selling screen prints with my wife. Just, just oh, to give it nice. Look oh, out right. to, look What's out that place t- again? Tiffhowick.co.uk. Yeah, I saw that. Tiff Howick. Whereabouts? Yeah. Is it where's the nearest tube? 
Oh, Leighton. Leighton Tube. Leighton Tube. Yeah, Venner is the shop. Venner, that's it. But I was, I was at an art and crafts fair. So nice. very different from an NFL game. Yeah. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. Yeah. And, and is there anything you can tell? You, anything in the offing that hopefully you'll be able to tell us about more next time? or, or What, uh, in terms of her, her art? Yeah, or you, you personally. Oh, personally. Well, hopefully, yeah. But right now, I couldn't. All right. Well, let's not tempt fate. Don't want to tempt fate. That'd be stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, well, yeah, don't make it official yet. Yeah, there's nothing official. Nothing for me, Grits, no, nothing at all. I'll just be here every week for the rest of my life until I'm in the cold, cold ground. And that is The Whistleblowers. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks.